Blindness. The National Federation of the Blind can help. Over the last seven decades, we have helped tens of thousands of people live successfully with vision loss, and we can help you too. Visit nfb.org to find the resources and support you need to live the life you want. And we are here. It is Saturday in the studio. I'm Tom King, and we are joined by Merle Kelch, Kelch and Associates in Wausau, on location today. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning, Tom. How are you? I was just thinking to myself, if we get any more disclosures inside of this radio program, we're <laughs> only going to have a 10-minute show. <laughs> you know, but, you know, if uh, one disclosure is good, three must be better. And we'll get I to those uh, a little bit role. later in the program, but... Uh, <laughs> You are uh, you are on locations. You're a busy guy. You don't you don't hang you don't let grass grow under your feet. You're gone a lot. I, I try not to, but yeah, I tell you what, we already have uh, scheduled in our household. We're going to be home for the next two weekends. So if anybody has anything they want to do or go somewhere, let me know. No, just teasing. <laughs> so I am uh, I am actually up north. We have a friend's birthday party. And let me make sure I say that to uh, Lori L for her thirty second birthday. Well, I might have buffered that a little bit. So uh-huh. we are sitting at. Trout Lake, overlooking the, the south and the sunshine coming in. I'm in a beautiful spot, except they put me in the bedroom and shut the door. They put baby in the corner. And uh, I'm not really <laughs> sure that I'm liking this part, but uh, here we go. We're ready to go for the day. And I don't think anybody's uh, here, ever compared here, Tom, you to... Back from Texas. No one's ever compared you to baby from the movie Dirty Dancing, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I sure as hell don't dance the same, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, well, so, what, what's on your mind today? What did you uh, What did you learn? In, uh, the market was all over the place this week. It was up. It was down. It, it was yep, uh, all apparently, over. apparently Friday was a, or Thursday was a big down day because of bond yields, that uh, bond mm-hmm. yields caused uh, people to take a lot of money yep. out of the market. Tell us what happened and there. And follow, follow it with on Friday as well. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of stuff. As a matter of fact, as I'm writing through my notes, I'm looking through the things, and I generally try to put down a theme as far as what's going on for the day. And so my theme for today is inflation fears, feds, Texas, and the noise of trader risk. So that's the theme of the day. So the articles that we have, Tom, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So, folks, when we start having inflation coming inside of an economy, how you thwart or you slow down inflation as you start increasing interest rates. And again, the whole principle behind inflation is you have too much money chasing too few goods, and that's the backbone of inflation. So with all the money that's been going out there and stimulus that's out there, people are buying and selling stuff, and there's a lot of cash for things, and it's driving prices up a little bit and creating some inflationary pressures. So throughout the course of this you know, past number of weeks, a month or so, inflationary prices have been going up, and the expectation is, is that the Federal Reserve is going to increase interest rates at some point in time um, to, <coughs> excuse me, folks, uh, to offset that inflation. And as a result of the Fed this past week says, well, we're not going to do that because there's too many people still out of work. We need to get jobs going. We're going to let interest rates go. Well, that you know thwarts the inflationary fears. And when you start increasing interest rates, Tom, we've talked about this so many times. Remember, interest rates have the inverse relationship between interest rates and the value of bonds. You start seeing the bond prices come down. Uh, the Treasury yields are talking about going up. Is that's your interest rates going up because the market feels that's where the direction is going? All that stuff kind of swirled around. And then you throw Texas into the mix. So Texas, as you know, Tom, we got stranded in Texas. So, yes, we were there. I'm not sure if we caused it, <laughs> the problem in Texas, but we were there in the middle of it. And, folks, we were supposed to be home on Tuesday and did not make it back until Friday night. It was just – you can't even describe how crazy it was. But what we found down there is a couple things. One is just from a sheer magnitude – um, from a housing standpoint, it's a catastrophe. It's, it's a disaster in every sense of the word. 
many, many houses had uh, freeze-ups, and in there, a lot of their plumbing runs through the roof or through their ceilings, and as a result, when you have water leaking into your ceilings, it drops your whole ceiling, drops it all into the inside of the house and the contents, and then it ruins the house. You have mold problems, et cetera, et cetera. There is going to be a huge catastrophe and problems. Uh, my wife is in the insurance adjusting world, and in that world, they're having everybody who has a possible license to go to Texas and do work on Texas claims because there are a bunch of them. The second thing is we have to buy all that stuff. And so in buying that stuff, we now have a problem with materials, and we now also have a problem with food. So, folks, if you haven't stocked up on your freezer items like your box pizzas and your frozen vegetables, that whole bit, I suggest doing it today well, sometime soon because Texas had to throw all that stuff out. In fact, um, we had to go to Target because we're out of clothes, and so we go to Target to buy some stuff, and all their food section is being emptied out and thrown out and uh, tossed in the gainers to go out into the trash because it all got warm with the power out. And so it's all going to have to be replaced. So now, with all that stuff being purchased, of course, you have a whole bunch of people buying a bunch of stuff. And what do we all know? The prices are then going to start going up, and that's going to start adding more inflationary pressures. So with all the stuff kind of cesspooled together, um, the Federal Reserve then, of course, saying we're not going to increase interest rates. And so that kind of drove up the markets or the interest rates in the market by itself. We see evidence of the 10-year um, and we then saw people with bonds going, oh, hold it, our bond prices are down, so people are selling off of the bond marketplace. So when you start seeing that big sell-off of the bond marketplace, you have a lot of money that's typically conservative money looking for a place to go. Well, the other places that tend to go down then are stocks that have problems with spreads. And a spread, folks, is this. Uh, Tom, if you go to the bank and you put money in a savings account, what are they paying you right now? Virtually nothing. Yeah, pretty much nothing. Maybe 0 0.2, 0 0.4 at best, maybe getting up to 0 0.7. Yeah. But if you take a loan out from the bank, you're paying 4, 5, 6, depending upon where it is. Yeah, depending so on what kind a, of loan it is, yeah. Yep. So that's a bank spread. So what happens then is when interest rates start going up, the bank has to start paying more to attract your money, and that's so that shortens their spreads. And people go, oh, geez, they're not going to make as much money anymore. And so then it forces on the stock prices of uh, banking stocks. So then you have the banking sector, the bond sector. Utilities get thrown in there, and typically high-dividend-paying stocks, they all start getting squeezed and you start seeing their prices drop down, and the market goes into a crazy spin for a while until it starts straightening itself out. And guess what happened? We're seeing the crazy spin. And so with it, it's understandable, but boy, it's never good. But it does straighten stuff out for a while until there becomes some stability coming back and forth, and we'll probably see that happen over the next couple of days or so uh, when we see some of that stuff straighten out. So with it, folks, it's normal. We look at the profits of corporate America, and uh, they're still okay. I mean, they've done just fine. In fact, uh, the profit that we have in a number of companies in the S&P 500 this past quarter uh, were just fantastic, really not an issue. We what? expect to do the same thing coming up in this first quarter, too, so we just have to hang in there and let the market settle out. I heard the one uh, company yesterday, they were talking about Rocket Mortgage, and everybody has seen the ads for Rocket Mortgage. I think Jamie Foxx was doing them in the Super Bowl. Um they're writing so many mortgages this past year that they can't they can't keep up. I mean, their business mm -hmm. was like triple what it was the yeah, year before. Yeah. So obviously people yeah. are not afraid of buying houses at this point. Well, not afraid of buying houses, but also they're doing the refinancing. Yeah. Um, we have a family member that just did a refinancing this past week on a 15-year note at 2.1%. And you look at these rates, and you're, boy, and again, we said it, I think we said it three weeks or a month ago, Tom. If you want to refinance your house, do it now. I mean, there's there's not next next couple of months right now. We're already seeing the 10-year go up, and mortgage rates are going to go up if they haven't already. 
uh, get your financing done on your house. Uh, get your refine done, or if you're going to buy a house, get it done. Rates are going to start going up as as a result of the tenure. Um, but the, the refinancing, the interest rates, Tom, you and I have never seen interest rates like this in our lifetime. You know, when you and I first started buying houses, I'm not sure what you paid, but I think I had a 13% interest loan in there, my first house, yeah. um, when we bought. You know, and, and so interest rates like this are just uh, incredibly inexpensive. And and as a result of that, uh, it's driving up the, the size and the price of houses that people are buying because they can afford a bigger payment. And it's causing all kinds of uh, uh, really good things. Companies have enough money to buy uh, there are new widget machines because the interest rates are so low. Their cost of capital is so low. Um, and so it's driving stuff all over the place. It's great. Get your stuff done as far as loans you want to do and long-term loans. Now is the time to do them. Don't wait six months. It might be too late. 715-845-2155 is the number to call. I'll tell you what, we'll take a break here. We'll come back with more. If you have a question for okay. me, we'll give us a call. We'll be right back here on WSAU. Mom and Dad used to breast cancer. And in that split second, her life changes forever. The toll of breast cancer is great. The need to support those who are battling the disease today is even greater. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. United by hope, we can end breast cancer. Join our fight. Save lives. Last spring, Major League Baseball suspending spring training was canceled. And summer 60 game season. wasn't enough. Now, emerging from this dark winter, the darkest winter in modern history, is hope. Let's be hopeful. It's in the air all around us. Some little glimmer of hope. And on the field. Get back on the field with these guys. We're fired up. Hope springs eternal. Hopefully that'll come. Hope you'll be with us. The Brewers. And no doubt about that one, folks. On WSAU. The opinions voiced on this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through HBEC Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, HBEC Incorporated, Kelch & Associates are unaffiliated companies, and this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. And we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King, Merle Kelch on location today, but he can take your phone call, 715-845-2155. So the bond market <laughs> sellers are out there, and uh, then they'll be searching for buying opportunities, as you mentioned. So what do they look for right now, and what does anybody look for right now in a buying opportunity when it comes to the stock market? <clears throat> you know, what's interesting, Tom, is, is you actually asked a, a brilliant question there because – you think about it, if you're used to getting, Tom, a, a 4 or 5% interest on your bond, maybe a 6 or 7% interest, and you're going to sell it off because bonds do go up and down in value on the principal. You know, even though a bond pays you an interest rate of, let's say, you know, 5 or 6% a year, um, your, your bond principal might be at $120,000, but it, can it drop to 100000 The answer is yes. And many people don't realize it about bonds. With the bond prices change, even though the interest stream is the same. So as a result of that, a couple things go into play. And I'm one of these weirdos that thinks this stuff is cool. Most other people are, at this point in time, getting glazed over eyes and <laughs> get that deer in the headlight look. You know, and they're, what? Huh? You know, but so two things happen then is that people start looking for yield because they want to make sure that they're holding their principal together, of course, as much as possible. But they want that yield. And what tends to happen is you have a lot of people saying, well, we're either going to buy some um, better quality or better priced bonds. Um, or they start looking for dividend-paying stocks and stocks that are paying a real nice dividend 
but have some good quality and safety to them, which is odd, Tom, because people start looking for stocks that make money. It's weird. Uh, they make sure the balance sheets are there and the companies make money and can continue on. And usually this is some of your biggest and largest companies that do that sort of stuff, which means your big, large cap types of stocks. Now, the big and large caps, the Dow's, for example, really, they, they did okay last year, but not compared to the you know, smaller tech firms that were just rolling like crazy last year. Now, but you'll start seeing that roll happening instead of the large cap stocks, at least that's historically what occurs. Um, and so as a result of that, we should start to see the market start coming back again. But not so much inside of tech line stocks. You're going to find it inside of the old bellwethers that continue to keep making a profit as a result of their goods and services. You know, one of those stocks that popped up today, I'm, I'm pretty excited about, actually. I just finished up reading the article this morning. Uh, Johnson & Johnson is probably about to get us an emergency uh, use permit from the FDA. I'm sorry, not the FDA. They did, uh, yeah, yes, yesterday they did, yes. They did get it? Okay. Mm -hmm. yep. So um, I just caught the article. That article said they were still working on it. But, you know, they went through the coronavirus just differently than um, Pfizer and uh, Moderna. And in doing theirs, uh, it, it looks like it's had some effectiveness, but it also seems to be better if you have the coronavirus, they can give it to you, and you'll actually do better as a result of that. Well, the other thing and, is only and, one shot, and it doesn't need to be kept in really cold temperatures. Yep. And so I think it's a, it, it does it differently. I'm not saying that it's better or worse. In fact, the numbers say that it might be worse, but more user-friendly, so you can get more into the arms quicker. Uh, but there's a big, large company, as well as Pfizer, um, that um, have the ability for a long-term profit as a result of some of these uh, vaccines that they've done. And so that's the type of things that we're going to, the market will probably start looking at, at least uh, from what we've seen in the past. Everybody wants that yield, and still wants to put the money inside of the bank and interest. Um, and as a result, if you can't find it inside of bonds right now, it's going to uh, end up going to large cap stocks with dividend paying, at least uh, in history. Now, what I think is finding interesting here, Tom, is that, you know, I like bonds because bonds are kind of fun for me. Um, and it's a lot bigger than a stock market, which most people don't realize. In fact, they'll say anywhere between five to six times the size of a stock market is how big the bond marketplace is. Um, and for a long time, we've not been able to buy any municipal bonds, at least with any good price or what's called yield. Um, what you look for in the bond marketplace, folks, is you look for what's called yield to maturity, which is the time that you buy the bond to the time that the bond um, cancels or matures and you get your principal back. And, and so with that, you couldn't get any yield of maturity. I mean, we're looking at, you know, 1.7, uh, you know, uh, percent at best. You might have even hit some that maybe meant 2.2, 2.3. So with that, what you're, what you're taking, it really wasn't worthwhile. You could do better in other places. Um, and it even got a little bit worse because the price of the bond was going up so high. So with this bond correction, I haven't looked at it today, but I probably will on Monday or Tuesday to see what we're looking at for bond yields. You know, think about it, Tom. If you could get a 35 or a 4% on a tax-free bond that you can actually have insurance with that ensures the principal and the interest, um, that yield, if you're getting three or 4%, maybe, um, that's like earning, uh, you know, 5%, maybe even as much as 6%, depending on your tax bracket, and you're getting it tax-free and uh, insured. I, I love that stuff. I love to make sure that I have income streams that are guaranteed for clients, uh, of course, for myself, too. And, and uh, of course, in our office, it's, uh, you know, always a, a good idea to make sure we have income to cover the expenses. And if we can insure some of that, that's awesome. We love it that way. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of excited about that, see what happens in the bond marketplace. We might actually be able to start putting those in portfolios. And most people would need to go through someone like you to find the best deals on this stuff? Well, you know, it, I think it helps. Um, the stock market has gotten crazy, and, and we could talk about, you know, things that Robinhood is doing. And yeah. It's called, you know, they're, they're, 
they're taking profit from market makers. Is there's a whole thing in how they're making it so it appears to be free. And I have to say appears to be free because it's not, folks. It just appears to be free from those apps. And so that's taking a lot of people. And, and the, the joke we heard is that a lot of people play the stock market like it's a video game now because they're just doing it on their phone. And there's a lot more to it. And, and if you don't do it right, you can you know, end up giving up some money. And, and we may find some of that's going to end up becoming the case. Um, but the bond marketplace is a little bit different. I don't know of any apps, and I'm sure there are, uh, where you can trade the bond marketplace. The bond marketplace is something you have to have a little more knowledge about. The concept is easier, but you have to have a little bit more knowledge about it because of a few moving parts on the inside. But I would actually recommend using a broker uh, when it comes to bond trades simply because they'll be able to get them executed better um, than if you're doing it on your own. Again, I don't know if you can do it through an app or not yet, but we'll have to we'll have to see how that time comes along. You mentioned Robinhood, and of course they were uh, in front of a congressional hearing, uh, I think it was earlier this week or maybe late last week, talking about what happened with GameStop and what happened with some of these other. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously there were some people that lost money, but there were also some people that made a ton of money on these, some mm-hmm. of these trades. And now they're finding out, many are probably finding out without even realizing it, that they're going to have a big tax bill. How do you deal with a situation like that if you want to try to uh, lessen your tax bill or widen it out, maybe pay some next year as opposed to paying it all in one year? Can you do stuff like that? Um, because we're talking uh, well, about tax tax season is here and the IRS is yeah, up yeah. and working now. We had, I, I gotta, I gotta share a story on this. So this is going back into the late nineties and, and I'm, I'm, I've turned into somewhere. I've turned into an old timer in this business already. Uh, but in the late nineties, we had it where people were just doing their own trading at home, much like we're seeing with Robin Hood and some of these apps now. So we had a person who did a whole bunch of trading and throughout the course of the year did like 430 some swaps and trades. And he made some money at the end of the year, but that was one of those times, you know, like last year where anything he did went up. But the 430 trades that he did, he had so much capital gain tax on there, it took him a year to get his taxes straightened out. And of course, then he had taxes and penalties and everything on top of it, just because he bought and sold so many times. And I fear that so many of the people that are doing all this trading and doing the buying and selling in a profitable year last year are going to end up in that same thing. So many transactions and trades and taxes. Um, that they're going to uh, shoot themselves in the foot or get some tax problems because they did, may not have quite planned on that. Now, here's the other part of that, is what happens then if you had all of your money inside of the market, you're going to have a big tax bill, and people haven't done their taxes yet, and they had their money inside of investments that just went down, and they still have to pay the taxes. <laughs> so so I, I, I fear in some of those things, uh, and, and that's where, you know, old guys like me in here can at least help people with that and say, all right, what are you going to do to plan the taxes and put some money in your taxes and try to keep some of that stuff straightened out? And I fear some of that stuff is, is going to come back to, to bite people in the can because they just haven't planned uh, properly on that. Now, well, you talk, let me you, go. You, yeah. talk, you talk a lot about having the three-legged stool, the uh, financial planner, the estate planning attorney, and the accountant, the accountant all doing yeah. all doing their thing. And I would imagine this is the accountant's time of year when you're dealing with a lot of accountants for your clients and talking about yep. ways to manage their tax situation. We, you know, we, we work with a number of accounting firms. And there's some very good ones in, in Wausau, folks. And I'm not picking on accounts when I say this, but now is their time of the year. Um, and usually what ends up happening is the investment advisor tries to minimize the problem so that the accountant can do their job easier. Uh, because sometimes clients just shoot themselves in the foot doing crazy stuff. And so it's our job in the investment world to make it so that it's easier for the accountants to do their taxes. 
Now, the reason for that is what usually ends up happening is people go crazy. They don't watch what their investments are, and they start calling Merle and guys like me and saying, oh, my goodness, what's my cost basis? What do I buy this for and sell this stuff for? And so this is the time of the year when we have our staff in the office uh, that pretty much two or three hours a day is just doing nothing more than downloading statements when a client bought or sold something because they never kept track of it. It was worse um, uh, years ago during the Obama administration, and I thought this was a good thing, is they made it so that um, the investment world had to keep track of what the cost basis was on stocks, um, as well as mutual funds and all that kind of stuff. And I think it's the right thing. We should have done that a long time ago. Our industry had the, has the ability to do it because of computer systems. Um, but it was always born on to the investor to make sure they had all that data. And if you bought stock, Tom, back in 1950 and you still own it, would you have known how much it was worth or uh, how much you bought I would, it? For? I would have yeah. probably forgotten that I owned it. Yeah. Well, not only that, but now you have to have the statements to prove it. Yeah. And most people didn't have that stuff. And so, boy, we, in the past, we've had people have to go to the library and look up the price of stock as of the date they guessed that it was purchased. It's crazy stuff. Well, now we keep that information. Um, so... Fortunately, with that, it makes it a lot easier, uh, but sometimes you still have to have proof. And you still need to know how much was it worth on this day that we sold it, what was our cost basis. Um, and so we spend a lot of time doing that, making it easier for our friends, the accountants, um, so they get that done. Then on the other hand, our accountants make it better for us. Uh, on the other side, and they say, hey, you need to have some IRAs, contact your financial advisor. So then people come running in saying, hey, i got to put some money into a Roth IRA quick or something of that nature. Um, so it, it all works hand in hand, the discipline. And then the attorneys come back in the end, and I'm going to pick on Alan and his office while they go, oh, yeah, look what they did. Good. Here's $200. I talked to you for an hour. <laughs> yeah, he'll like that. All right. We need to take a break for some news. We're going to come back with more. If you have a question for Merle, he can take your questions today, 715-845-2155. We'll be right back here on WSA. Every two minutes, a child becomes a victim of sex trafficking in the U.S. It's happening right now. Don't turn off high school sports. I love the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, all the pageantry. And I wanted to keep playing, but I graduated. No colleges called and neither did the pros. So to stay close to the game I loved, I decided to become a high school official. You know, a referee. When I played high school sports, I learned the importance of integrity, good sportsmanship, and respect for the rules. Now as a high school official, I get to help model these same values to others. Maybe the colleges and the pros didn't call, but the kids in Wisconsin did. And now I'm enjoying the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, and all the pageantry of high school sports all over again. Interested in becoming a licensed high school official? Go to highschoolofficials.com to learn more and begin the application process. Uh-oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> and now a speech. I just want to say that friendship is about heart. Heart and brain. Who's with me? Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. And my brain is saying, when it's time to go home, somebody call me a ride. Love that guy. Me too. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. <laughs> There's a way out of this. The worst winter weather. And of this. This virus is not done with us. And of anything you need to get away from. Mom. Dad. Escape. All right, here we go. Time on a second. The Brewers on AM 550, FM 99.9 and 95.1. Hey, get up. Get out of here. Go. We gotta get out of this place. You're 
escapes. WSAU. And we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King, Merle Kelch, Kelch & Associates. Joining us on location today. Phone lines are open, though. 715-845-2155 is the number to call. You know what? We talked a number of weeks ago when the market was running up that a big part of that run-up was due to the FANG stocks. Facebook, um, Twitter, YouTube, uh, and uh, then the rest. I'm just letting you struggle. This yeah, is fun. Amazon, I think, is one of them. <laughs> um, anyway, um, Netflix... <coughs> Uh, we're seeing a lot of blowback when it comes to especially uh, Facebook and Twitter about what's called content moderation. And there are some on the right who are suggesting that these companies need to be controlled in some way in order to keep what they uh, post or what is posted on them from being uh, too much in one direction, I guess, is the way they would say it. Um, what does that do to the companies themselves and their bottom line and their future uh, as a as a publicly traded company when the government is starting to talk about controlling them in some particular way? Well, nobody ever wants the government in your back pocket, no matter what. I mean, we, we want business to be as free as possible if you do whatever we want to do. Um, and I, I think that's the direction we should go. Um, I think that there's more of, a, of an issue with these companies. And just let me give my two cents on this. There's, again, a whole bunch of articles that have popped up today. Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of it that comes through the noise and the ease that we can buy that stock, not that that's a bad thing. Um, but I think what leads itself to is being able to buy stock where people think it's a video game. We talked about before, and there's an article out there by William Watts. They talks about GameStop saga, but inside of that article, they talk about what Robin Hood does. And so GameStop, the, the, the article is GameStop saga illustrates uh, the rising noise trader risk, which is a term we've heard this week quite a bit. Uh, that could free market uh, could feed market volatility and warrants quantitative analysis. And so that's the article, and we'll talk about what's in there as part of this conversation. So if you take you know the FANG stocks and different things of that nature, um, as far as I'm concerned, you let them trade the way they're supposed to, but they have to uh, you know um, make sure that they're one not monopolies, um, and they have to have the ability to do that. Uh, that you're not having owners front-running the stock by going out there saying, I did this, and having them forcing the prices up. And we're seeing a bunch of that stuff happen through different places, and the rules have to be the same. It, it has to be the same as if you're running uh, General Electric as if you're running something else, because these bank stocks have become so big, they've become large companies in themselves. All the rules have to be the same. I don't think we need additional rules. We just have to buy by the ones that are out there. The other part that I think feeds into this, we've seen them run up so much, is... Uh, people doing trading, like in Robinhood. So Robinhood, folks, if you're not familiar with what it is, it gives the appearance, and I'm using the term appearance because you are paying for the trade. It gives the appearance that you can hop on an app on your phone, download it to your phone, and you can start set up an account, of course. And you can start buying and selling stock for free, but it's not for free. So, um, so with it, that I think has led to that volatility in those companies because a lot of the people that are doing it, I'm going to call them kids, Tom, because they're younger than us, but uh, largely, I think the average age is like 30 to 35. It's the people are doing the trading and less. Um, they're they're going in, they're buying a stock with a flip of the phone. They're selling a stock with a flick of the phone. Um, so the people investing, which is great. But I think it's adding some danger to the marketplace. They're adding volatility uh, because they're buying the same stock and forcing the price up simply because people want to buy it, not based on fundamentals of stock and profitability of it. I think that also adds, uh, adds a bunch to it. Now, Back to the other part, based on this article, for example, um, how these these apps 
which are, by the way, selling your data. That's one part that they're making money. And the second part is um, they're forcing trades onto market makers, which are in turn giving them money for using that market maker. Now I have to explain what a market maker is. Are you ready, Tom? Yes, indeed. Here we, here we go. So in the New York Stock Exchange, if I want to buy IBM, IBM, with the buying and selling of shares, goes to uh, an entity called a specialist. And the specialists have to buy and they have to sell IBM. They do one stock, that's it. IBM is called a specialist. So because they have to buy it and they have to sell it, if they have it in their inventory, if the next person wants to sell it and so forth, they match up the market, it makes it efficient, it makes it work. NASDAQ, for example, doesn't have specialists. They have what's called market makers. And there might be two dozen of them for an individual stock. And so how they make their money then is by what's called a spread between what's called a bid and an ask. And if you ever look at a newspaper and you, oh boy, nobody does this anymore. They look <laughs> at the Wall Street Journal and you look at the price of a stock in a paper, nobody does that. Um, but you'll always see a thing called bid and ask. And the bid and ask, the difference between buying it and selling it, what they'll buy it for and what they'll sell it for, there's always a spread. It's called a bid-ask differential. And so that bid-ask differential, um, if you're the only market maker, you don't then as a investor or as a clearing firm, you don't look for the best price. If I'm driving everything to one market maker, that market maker now has the ability to manipulate that spread and maybe increase the spread a little bit to add profit to send back to a Robinhood or an app of that nature. Um, and I, I don't think it's right because it's not shopping for the best price for the investor or for the client, if you will. That's my opinion. Who knows? We may find out that that's going to be accurate or right, but that's what's occurring. That's how Robinhood is making money, and it may be at the expense of getting the not cheapest uh, buy for the individual investor. So I think those types of apps are forcing up a lot of those stocks, such as you know Tesla and Facebook and Amazon and Netflix and so forth. When we look at the profit of them, I mean, heck, Tesla, who's making cars, they've had a profit that they made they put out for a year. Um, but they just made more money on Bitcoin last year in the recent weeks than they did in profit last year on their cars. And so we look at it. They're still a car manufacturer, uh, and, and so they're, they're not a, uh, a technology stock, and it's going up as a result of people buying it versus the fundamentals. And I think that's where there should be some more looking into it and saying, well, how do we do this? Um, how do we make sure that people who are buying are actually doing it for the right reasons versus uh, thinking it's a it's a game on their phone? Just uh, as long my as you, opinion is popping out. As long as you brought up Bitcoin, uh, as you mentioned, yeah, Tesla made a lot of money speculating in Bitcoin. Elon Musk did. And Bill Gates came out and said, unless you're as rich as Elon Musk, you probably want to stay away from, from a cryptocurrency yeah, because yeah. of how risky it is. Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, came out this week and said that not singling out Bitcoin, but said that a government-backed cryptocurrency might be something to consider in the future, um, that they're not there yet, but that eventually, mm -hmm. like the government backs uh, the, the $20 bills in your pocket, they would back some sort of cryptocurrency. Is that going to happen in the near future, or is that out there a ways yet? You know, Tom, we are so good in this program. We probably talked about this two or three years ago when Bitcoin first came out. Uh, I still use, and I like the idea of having a cryptocurrency. I think the idea is a good, a good one. Um, I don't think Bitcoin is it for many reasons and many problems that are out there. You know, one, um, uh, in fact, I saw an article a couple of days ago that said um, somebody would pay an enormous amount of money because the inventor of uh, Bitcoin 
um, probably has, I want to say it was like 300 and $3.4 billion worth of it or something of that nature. And people are looking for them to step forward and straighten some stuff out. Um, we look at this uh, individual, and I want to say he was an engineer. I don't remember that. But the person who has only two shots left and he loses all of his probably some $300 million yeah, that he has. he doesn't remember his password, yeah. Yeah, and, and the computer sitting in a trash bin, trash bin someplace. And, and so there's a number of different instances like that. To the point now, there's actually a company, I forget the name, that came up and uh, did an interview on uh, MSN, or CNBC this past week. Uh, that what they'll do is if you want to buy Bitcoin, they'll buy it and they'll make sure that they secure all of your passwords <clears throat> and uh, guarantee that you'll be able to buy and sell your Bitcoin. And if you lose your password, they will be okay. So they're going to act as an intermediary. Uh, what so, could so possibly go this, wrong with that? Well, yeah. Well, at least, you know, you're not going to lose your password. Um, and if you get it wrong, you uh, don't lose your money. Um, but, you know, the, the whole thing in here is that Bitcoin, I think, is a great idea. Um, I, I like the idea of being a, using a cryptocurrency to send all over the world. Um, I, I love the idea, but there's got to be some teeth in it someplace to make sure it's accurate, such as if you lose your password um, or if you uh, kept it too long, your password doesn't uh, void you out and it, it just it goes dead. There, there's got to be some backbone to it. And I don't think Bitcoin is it. I think it's a great idea, but I don't think that's it. So if it's government-sponsored, um, you look at it and say, well, what's the most widely used currency around the world? It's the U.S. dollar. So uh, we contend we already have a cryptocurrency, per se. It's called King Dollar, and you can spread it around the world. Now, some parts of the world may not want to use it, but I think it already is there to a certain degree. But if we can make it so it's online, easier to move, um, boy, why not? We have to have it so, folks, if you're putting money inside a cryptocurrency, and you're sending it to somebody around the other side of the world that something screws up with a password, that there's somebody who has the availability to unravel it and to guarantee that it's there and it's working right, and also to make sure that we're not having illegal actors buying into it and shipping money globally around the world uh, illegally. And the only way you can do that is put some sort of a government uh, treasury department of some sort uh, involved in it. And, and the unfortunate part is we have to have that to make sure that it's legal and bona fide. All right. Uh, we're right gonna, now, we don't have that with cryptocurrency or with uh, Bitcoin. We're going to take a break here. We'll come back with more. If you have a question from Earl, give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU. The opinions voiced on this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through HBEC Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, HBEC Incorporated, Kelchin Associates are unaffiliated companies, and this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. Now, this day, here's Chris Conley. Our Olympic hockey team pulls one of the great sports upsets of all time. Do you believe in miracles? We beat the Russians in 1980. A generation that learns together. A generation that plays together. This is our generation. Special Olympics athletes are leading a revolution of inclusion. Proving we are better together. If inclusion is your thing, let us know. Sign the inclusion pledge at jointherevolution.org. I've been abducted three times. It's the kind of stuff. I have been abducted one time. That'll keep you up at night. Still experiencing hooded beings coming through a wall. Coast to Coast AM. Did you notice that you had any kind of what's called missing time? 
hours. Six, seven, eight hours. We have some of these beings among us. On WSAU and WSAU.com. And we have some of those beings among us here today as well. Merle Kelch is with us from a secret location. It's not Area 51, but... Uh, <laughs> he is, uh, not quite. By the way, I saw this week that the ranch, the cattle ranch that abuts right up to Area 51 is for sale. If you want to uh, do that as part of your uh, portfolio, a cattle ranch uh, right next is to that, where the aliens apparently are. Isn't that where they had Blinky the Three-Eyed Cow? Yeah, maybe, like maybe. That? That's true. Uh, yeah. In that neighborhood? Yeah. Hey, did, well, go ahead. <clears throat> excuse me. We have the $1.9 billion. Uh, I'm not going to call it a stimulus. That would be trillion dollars. A trillion. It's a T, yes. not a B. Yes. trillion dollar yeah. spending slash a little bit of stimulus bill uh, narrowly passed last night. So we'll have to see how that goes. It's coming down the pike. Just because it passed last night in the House doesn't mean it's on its way uh, to you and I as uh, individuals are into the uh, into the marketplace at this point in time. It's still have to get to the Senate. But uh, narrowly passed. Um, so there were some uh, Democrats that actually came over and said no as well. And one of the biggest uh, problems that's being battled out in the middle of here is not only was the $15, which is now out of that bill. Well, uh, the Senate, uh, the Senate, will the Senate, it's in there, but the Senate will take it out when it gets to yeah. the Senate. And the other part of that is that um, of it, it's really about a $900 stimulus package, and it's about a trillion dollars of just simply spending. Maybe they should just call it that. But so watch for that down. So uh, for those of you um, uh, that are watching for it for the stimulus dollars. We hope that those stimulus dollars get out to you and uh, to everybody. And uh, look at that. They may uh, very well come to be the most, case over the course of the next few weeks. Most people will use that $1,400 or $2,800 for a couple to maybe pay back bills that have accumulated. Um, but maybe there are some people that don't have a particular need right now for that money. So what should they do with it? There's a lot of that money that's going into the marketplace in a record amount of savings. Uh, what's interesting is this first quarter, Tom, the amount of savings that actually popped up into, uh, uh, I'm sorry, left savings and went into spending in the uh, first couple of months of the year um, have been some of the best we've had in a long time. Last year, not a lot of people spent money as much as we might believe. Um, and that's certainly starting to uh, come around, matter of fact. So the indexes, as far as our indexes um, measures, and I'm trying to push a button here. All right, I got the button, folks. We're good. Um, if we take a look at some of the statistics that are popping up for the economy um, this past week, um, first of all, our friends at the University of Michigan, and I always like picking on them, but the consumer sentiment jumped back up again uh, this past month uh, versus it being down uh, the month before. It's finally starting to come back up. Chicago Purchasing Manager Index came down to 59.9% from a 63.8. Though it's down, 59 is still an enormously strong number. Anything over 50 is good, and 59 is just fantastic. So the data showing that the, the economy is continuing to keep moving forward and consumer spending jumped 2.4%, uh, which is just a huge increase uh, than what it was doing. So all things continue to keep moving forward. Unfortunately, inflation jumped up too, but uh, we continue to keep moving forward in the economy. You saw Warren Buffett has sent his annual letter to his investors in Berkshire Hathaway, and you, know, you and mm -hmm. I aren't investors in Berkshire Hathaway, but uh, <laughs> he, uh, he continues to say that... Uh, he believes in the American economy, and even though his company for the second straight year is buying back large amounts of Berkshire Hathaway stock, what is the purpose of doing that, and what happens to that stock then going forward? Does he resell it at some point, or does he just uh, shut it down and, and uh, eliminate those shares? How does that work? Well, exactly. You have it. 
So when a company does that, let's say they just got so much cash on hand that they're not using it for any research and development or doing other things. They've already made their declarations for dividends that they're going to pay out to individuals, and they got this cash sitting around, so they can do other things with it. They need to just bank it and put it in something, uh, buy other investments, um, or they can go through and say, well, we're just going to buy some of our stock back up. And so they buy some of the stock. They don't retire that stock. They hold it within the company. Um, and, uh, it, and later on, if they need to raise some cash or capital for something, it's sort of like a reserve account. They can sell that stock back into the marketplace at whatever those shares or the prices are. It's much more efficient than having to come through and borrow money through the bank or having to go into a bond issue. Um, they can just simply resell that stock back out if they need to raise some capital later on. So companies will do that pretty regularly if they're making some pretty good money. Uh, they'll bring that stock back into the company and hold on to buying up some of their own shares. All right. Well, we're just about out of time today. Is there anything else that you had on your list that you wanted to talk about in the few minutes we have left? You know, I'm, I just keep talking about what's going to happen down in Texas. Um, folks, it's going to be a mess down there. Um, we're going to see, you know, fuel prices going crazy because, remember, Texas is the place where a lot of fuel is being processed. Um, it's going to be a mess down there in the form of building materials and that whole bit, in which the price of building materials have already been up. Uh, that's a whole state that's really got some significant problems, and I just want to keep touching upon that. Make sure if you're doing any projects, watch what the interest rates are on your housing. If you're going to do any projects for your house, watch what your prices are um, on your materials. And if you got a project coming up you absolutely need to do, I'd suggest getting those building materials now because a lot of stuff is going to be going down in Texas. Um, I think that's a big thing we have to watch for, and it's going to force up some temporary inflationary numbers um, as the prices go up in rebuilding Texas once again. Quickly then, in the couple of minutes we have left, if folks are heading to dump off all of their tax returns with their tax preparer or their accountant, what are some things that you, the, that you think they should look at as the accountant's going through all of that paperwork? Well, interestingly enough, as you said that, Tom, the IRS has been actually going through and saying, well, though you might be able to put your taxes in early, we may not get to them right away. Yeah. And one of the reasons is the IRS just got so overloaded with doing uh, stimulus checks is that they're still getting rebuilt or reset, per se, to get taxes done. So though they're accepting them, um, I would expect that there's going to be delays in getting returns and your taxes actually getting done through the IRS. I still don't have back uh, my information from past July when we had to send our taxes in. Um, and I still don't have any information back from the men that we've requested that my taxes have even been completed other than having a receipt that I sent them in. Um, and so you're going to find that uh, the taxes this year are going to be delayed. Um, uh, maybe it's because they're still trying to figure out how they do the PPEs with companies and individuals and how what's going to be taxed and not taxed. Uh, but basically a reset because they have to send the checks out and potentially sending out uh, more checks on the 1400 coming up in the next few weeks. So the IRS is really bogged down at this point in time. You didn't send, uh, they didn't send your returns to uh, the Manhattan District Attorney, did they? I'm not really sure. <laughs> uh, at least they didn't call me yet. <laughs> All right, we're out of time for today. If folks want to get a hold of you on Monday, how can they do that? All right, folks, on Monday you can get a hold of us. Uh, you can stop on a 3rd Avenue and Bridge Street, stop in, kick the tires, have a cup of coffee, say hello and hi. You can give us a call locally at 715-849-3600, toll-free outside of the Wausau area at 866-355-5100, or find us online at kelchinassociates.com. All right, we'll talk to you again next week. All right, buddy. Merle Kelch, Kelch and Associates here in Wausau. We've got... The news on the way. The polka shows are coming up as well. And then Badger basketball this afternoon. The Badgers in Illinois pregame show at 12 noon right here. That moves the hockey game to our sister station, AM 1390 and FM 93.9. The game, that's at 3 o'clock this afternoon right here. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy. Yeah. 
your football buddy. Or you, your best man, your worst man. You, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has